this computer. Can I do that? Yes, we are good. Red lights on. Red lights on, Captain. All right. Um, welcome back to Moviecation. I'm your host, Brady. I'm, I'm Cole. Host show. No, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's we'll do, do it live. Let's start again. <laughs> again. <laughs> do it again, Brady. Welcome back to Moviecation. I'm your host, Brady. And with me, I'm, as always, is... I'm Joe. I'm Cole. I fucking spoke again. We'll get it one day. We'll get it one day. <laughs> hey, man, even the greatest podcasters that I listen to still fuck up. Yeah, hey, this, yeah, this is all staying in, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Okay, cool. I mean, I listen to uh, Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith all the time. And obviously, quarantine, you can't really do much um, as far as, like, Usually he does it live. Have you guys ever heard of the Scum and Villainy Cantina in LA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do it live there usually okay. with an audience and all that. I mean, it's a little per- picture perfect recreation of the Cantina Bar from Star Wars. Um, the owner is a super nerd and gets like decent pull within like the community of nerdism and is able to do some stuff like for Star Wars and things like that. Um, and even like people like uh, Deadline, I think, which is like the movie reporting place, will ask him to go do interviews for him and stuff like that. And like people go, I mean, you go to the bar to basically have a drink in the cantina. He does serve blue milk and all that. Wasn't um, that bar initially just a pop up when it first started? I think so. They've talked about I, it a few times. I, I remember it being just a pop up when it first came out. I didn't know it was a permanent thing now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, I've, and, um, so earlier in the quarantine, they were doing episodes from there, Sans and without an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LA kind of started getting more strict. And, uh, Kevin Smith had had his heart attack a couple years ago. Um, so his wife was like, I don't really want you to go out anymore. Like, you do have an underlying heart condition now and stuff like that. Right. And, like Cole, Cole and I get it because you know we both have heart conditions, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, so we, we understand where they're coming from. So they started do, doing like Zoom calls, like we are, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, Kevin Smith. Which, by the way, if you don't know, he lives in Ben Affleck's former house. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, Affleck sold it to him a long time ago. Um. At least I still think he lives there. He could have moved between now and then, but um, for a while, Hollywood, like those Hollywood stars tours would come by and would stop in front of the house and be like, and here you have Ben Affleck's house. Eventually, his wife, Jen Schwabach, started to get pissed. She's like, it's my fucking house. It's not Ben's house anymore. Went out there (laughs) one day and threw eggs at the fucking bus. Oh my they, god! They haven't come. They haven't come since. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I've never heard that about. story. That's great. Yeah, uh, but he tells us he tells these types of stories on his podcast all the time. But uh, so he lives in the Hollywood Hills, and you would think you know Hollywood, like they have great Wi-Fi. No, his Wi-Fi is complete shit. So like, there's been several episodes of uh, Fat Man Beyond where Mark Bernard and his uh, co-host literally just has to talk and just talk. Because Kevin drops out and loses connection, has to restart his router and everything. Like, oh god, that's terrible. And wow. he's like, and even Kevin Smith himself was like, I, I, you know, Hollywood. You think we, rich and famous out here? You think we'd have better Wi-Fi? 
and like yeah, the, people in the comments were like plug it up into a network and all this and so he's trying that now and all that but uh it also sounds like they're about to go back to scum and villainy possibly with an audience but uh at least for the first few months um they're just gonna go back to scum and villainy and do it there it's cool. pretty cool to watch uh because you like they stand behind the bar and you can see like the aesthetic and all that but yeah yeah, my my favorite uh, sports podcast. It used to be on uh, used to be on ESPN. It was the the Dan Lebatard show with Stu Gatz. Uh, but he's left ESPN. He's he started his own company. Yada yada yada. Anywho, uh, with COVID and everything, they used to be on air and like they used to do it. Uh, like it would it would the podcast the show would air on air, of course, and it was a radio talk show. But since COVID and everything hit, they've been working from home, doing Zoom and stuff like that, and they've took away the they didn't do it like live anymore. And that kind of bummed me out because I really liked enjoying, I enjoyed watching their like reactions to each other on their jokes and stuff like that. But uh, they're down in Florida, which they call the wild West because everything's starting to come, come back, even though they're off the East coast, but hopefully soon they start doing back in, you know, like in the same room together and stuff like that. Cause I, you know, I still watch, I still listen to the podcast, but I enjoy the live setting to, to watch them and like listen to their reactions of their jokes and stuff like that. And it's cool to watch them do their live show for fat man beyond. Cause they still stream it on YouTube and Facebook and all that. Uh-huh. Um, and like Kevin obviously does it in his office and his office is specifically built. Like I've seen his office before from like other things and it's specifically built for podcasting. Like he has the whole microphone stands that hang down and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh he has like two or three set up so he can't have people cut like it's a, essentially a mini studio it's messy right. as hell because he has all his like pops that have ever been made for him behind him and um just everything like he literally at one point had a stack of boxes like this high like really really high and he goes yeah this is all like free shit that's been sent to me for like various movie releases and stuff like that he's like i never know what to do with this stuff so he's like once we go back to the cantina and we have an audience you're getting free shit (laughs) that's a cool thing about um that's awesome that's one of my favorite things about that show is they they always end the show with a q a and no matter i mean they have you have to ask like an actually like good engaging question not like hey can i get a picture with you because kevin will be like yeah sure go ahead come up here and take a picture with them real quick right Mm -hmm. so if they ask like an actual like engaging question he's like here's some free shit take it that's cool like if it's a like a worthy question you know yeah and like people people get into it like they get some deep cut questions in there yeah i mean like Um, like, if you go to like a show like that why would you ask like the dumb questions like you want to know like the details man like yeah, and it's it's like it's things like um you know if you could write one like superhero movie, who would your cast be and stuff like that, and what characters would they play? And you don't have and like they they pull from like Z list and C list characters and stuff like that, and they bounce off each other like, Oh, that's a fucking great idea. That'd be so awesome. But yeah, um it's pretty cool. I'm a few weeks behind. Like right now, they're talking about uh, on the episode I was just listening to, talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Um, they both seem to like it. I, I can see where they're coming from on some points, but yeah. <laughs> Don't make us yell at you about Godzilla versus Kong again. I'm sure we're gonna be yelling at you in this one in this episode too, Brady. Oh yeah, you sure about that? 
Oh yeah. I don't know me. I don't know. We'll, oh yeah. We'll see. We'll, oh, see. Yeah. we'll see. So, have you guys watched anything good other than you know the obvious this week? Uh, watch the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. How was it? I didn't watch any of it, but go ahead, tell me it about was, it. It was pre- it was a pretty good finale. I, I had some gripes with it, but you know it was. I thought it was a good wrap up for for the series, and it this this basically leads us into Captain America four. Yeah, they were talking about, of course, you know. They just announced it too. Like it's happening. Yeah, yeah it's happening for sure. Uh, so the, po- the post credit scene sucked, but you know that's yeah, that's tied in somehow. Yeah, that, I'll talk to you about that later, Joe. That's yeah. uh, what is the post credits like? Was it anything worth? Okay, so in the episode before this one, uh, they took the shield from uh, what's his name? I can't remember. John John Walker. John Walker. Yeah. Yeah, they took the steel this the shield from John Walker, uh, which they did it very aggressively. They broke his arm and took the shield off the arm, which I thought was great. But of course, he still wants to be—he still wanted to be Captain America, so he made his own shield and everything. Um, but now Bucky and not Bucky, Bucky and Sam had had the shield, but Bucky is like gave the shield to Sam, and Sam told Sam like, "Look, this is your, this is your thing. You need to be Captain America." And so that's what the next episode is. It's, it's the final episode is Sam finally coming full circle and becoming Captain America. Right. Yeah. And then we see John show up. You know, trying to be Captain America still, but obviously not as strong, like, even though he has taken the super soldier serum. But then at the end of the episode, the post credit scene is him working with. Uh... Well, that wasn't a post credits. That was part of the actual episode. I'm talking oh, about. Right. The... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can well, go ahead and. Yeah, so the, at the end of the episode, they show John talking to what's her, what's her uh, name? Val, uh, Val, Val, Valentina. She's Madame Hydra in the yeah, comics. Madame Hydra. Anyway, Madame oh, yeah, Hydra so... comics. Julian Louise Dreyfus. Uh, they're talking to him in a, one of the courtrooms, and he comes back out in his in the Captain America uniform he was wearing, but it's it's blacked out with it's all red. Black and... and he becomes the U.S. agent. He thinks he's doing a great thing for America. And she tell she tells him things are about to get weird, and I'm over here like, oh, we're setting up secret invasion. Let's go. Yo, if they're setting that up. I'm all for that right there. Well, like, the, the, it is. Secret it's Invasion happening. is one of my, one of the few comic like books series that I've actually read. Just because, well, like, my dad hyped it up for me. He was like, Secret Invasion was like what brought me into dude. comics as a kid. The other comic book that I have ever read in my life was the issue of Spider Man that came out. I don't know how long, but right after September 11th. Um, if you don't, I can tell you vividly the cover is literally yeah. just black. It's black, yeah. And it's it's probably one of the most interesting comic books I've ever read. It's literally, they put everything aside and villains and heroes help, yeah. you know, search but, through New York. And I thought that was pretty fucking cool as a kid. But friggin', so Secret Invasion, like it's, it's, a, it's happening. It's going to be a Disney Plus series. Samuel Jackson's coming back. I think that's the perfect way to go for that because I feel like you couldn't really, I feel like if you did a secret invasion TV series and you could even make it last a couple, two, three seasons, Yeah. even, I don't know, bump it up to five, do some like breaking bad shit, do five, then call it quits. Um, But I don't think a secret invasion series 
would work in a movie format because it would not, it would you most- would feel rushed and you only have give or take three to three and a half hours to tell a story anymore because after that like people are used to three and a half hour movies now i think with like the avengers and stuff like that but i feel like most of the complaints that i heard about you know justice league was it's four hours long like that's too long you know you see and my my complaint about about that is i mean one, they gave you breaks. Like they broke it into parts to where you can pause it and you know, or walk away from it and it'd be fine. But like I think people don't like they they see it as one whole thing. Like can't like okay, you're gonna sit here and watch this four hour movie and they're like, I can't do that. Oh, yeah, it took me binge- like three days. Yeah. Or you can binge watch four one hour episodes of some TV show you're watching. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I can do that. Worse, yeah, that's yeah. why when people but, complain about like timestamps on shit, it like it doesn't make sense to me because like I know people who complain about yeah, I know people who complain about Justice League, but like three weeks ago you're like, Yeah, I watched four seasons of The Office in a day. I'm like, I mean, I know those are 30 minutes each, but four seasons that's like over four hours. Yeah, worth yeah definitely way over there. four hours. And you're doing it in a day. I mean, I I'm a little crazy. I have watched all nine seasons of The Office in a day. God, <laughs> Brady. But like, it, you it's, know, a, it's a task. It's a task. Like, I, I think, I think it's just the idea of I can walk away after this episode ends. But like, if like for a movie, like they're like, oh, I can't walk away. I have to finish this movie. You know, because if I don't finish it now, I'm not going to finish it later. Because right. everyone's attention span is always it has become much shorter when it comes to watching things. Well, the other thing that I feel like would work as far as like a TV series goes is this binge watching in general. Like I started the Mighty Ducks TV series that they put up on um, Disney Plus mm-hmm. and I watched the first episode and I was like, all right, this is really good, but I haven't watched it since because I'm just going to wait until all the episodes come out. Yeah. So I don't have to wait for it. And if you, I mean, if you're like Cole or you like, yeah, you can watch Secret Invasion episode by episode like i did with the mandalorian i watched it episode by episode but even then i gave it like two to three episodes so i could watch like three at a time but like you can wait you can wait and be like all right all nine episodes of secret invasion out let's watch it all i mean i honestly i i love that disney makes us wait because it we've been we've been spoiled with with you know being being given everything up front it's like the, with Netflix. From, from Netflix, Netflix yeah. just drops everything. Up Netflix front. just gives on. you everything, and then Disney. You have... It's like watching an actual TV show on TV. You gotta yeah. wait a week. Because like with Netflix, it's like, hey, here's all this stuff, and if you haven't watched it all oh, within the first forty-eight hours, you're gonna start seeing spoilers on online. Yeah. So but, I, um... I love you know it's refreshing to have you know I know like of course on like on on streaming TV of course we still have to wait week to week for shows but. I feel like with Disney Plus and Netflix, you know, these shows are they have a different level of investment in them because they're they're more grabbing compared to your normal cable TV show. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, back to the actual post credit scene of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we yeah, went yeah, off on a tangent back, yeah, there. Yeah, but uh, there. so Sharon Carter, she what? She was obviously the power broker, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man!" Like, yeah. So there's this guy who's supplying weapons to the like main villains, 
oh, the power broker. And the whole time I'm like, it's going to be Sharon yeah, it's because funny. it's obvious. But, you know, so it turns out, oh, Sharon Carter's bad. Oh, and I'm thinking, you know, and at the end, she's talking to someone like, yeah, they bought it. Yeah, I'm on my way. And I'm thinking, are you a scroll? Is this going to play into Secret Invasion? Is that what we're doing here? Because I'm just because every because we we had we had a, a scroll in Far From Home. We had a scroll, a scroll in WandaVision. So I'm just like. I think everything is just setting up Secret Invasion at this point, which I'm cool with. But she, yeah. they wa- they wasted Sharon. I'm just like this is. I'm like, man, you could add a post credit scene with Zemo setting up the Thunderbolts. I mean, I feel like they were kind of going that route though. Because oh, they're they, they are most definitely going well, that route. But like, it's, well, like they kind of gave us more of that when they were taking the uh, the all the criminals that they put in the back of the truck, the, the smashers, they took them on, they put them in the truck. They're like, these are going to the raft. Yeah. And then, I, and then I, Zemo I, was like, nah, I don't I think need, so. Yeah. I need to double check. Cause their truck blew up. Right. It was their truck that yeah, blew up. Yeah. Cause Z- Zemo blew them up. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then I wasn't confused, but I was yeah. like, I was like, Oh, is he using these people, you know, yeah. for, for the Thunderbirds? I was like, all right. But then, Oh, think, and, yeah, spo- blew- oh and spoilers, by the way, for pretty much everything. <laughs> Okay, who, who cares at this point? I mean, if they're if they're uh, watching, honestly, I first if you're listening to this, you're you're gonna get spoiled. There's yeah. no, I'm not gonna hide spoilers on this show. Yeah. What's the point of doing like a TV slash movie like yeah. podcast if you're gonna be like, well, I don't want to spoil it. Well, well you're gonna we, we probably it. we probably well, should start doing a disclaimer though, because you know someone's gonna complain, and it's like, get, like and if they do, milk. they can you know go to my complaint department, which is a grenade. Anyway, <laughs> we need to get some like free public domain oh, music wow. that says like spoiler this or you know spoiler alert like sets off an alarm or something like that. I mean, I was honestly thinking about that earlier when I was like, oh, how am I going to edit? Because we're still on iTunes as far as I can tell with all those drops that I put in the last episode. So I think we're good. So I was like, how do I, you know, maybe I'll put a spoiler disclaimer like something like that, like a sound drop like that. Obviously, if you made it, you know, into the this episode so far and obviously the title is going to give it away because i'm pretty sure i'm going to call it mortal Kombat or something like that and that's clearly what we're going to talk about i'm pretty sure i'm going to start this episode with mortal Kombat being screened yeah. so spoilers <laughs> and maybe if we put maybe if we put in the description oh by the way spoilers for you know marvel stuff yeah <clears throat> we'll but no i i personally feel like people get bent out of shape over spoilers too like, i'm i'm really weird when it comes to spoilers Certain things I don't like to be spoiled on, but at the same time, I'm also going out and, oh, the episode just came out. I haven't had time to watch it yet. Let's see what people are saying about it. Like, I'll, and it's like, nah. Well, I'm weird, man, because, like, I personally, and maybe I'm not weird. I don't know. I personally view it as, like, there's there's reading or hearing about it secondhand, and then there's experiencing it for yourself. Yeah firsthand so case in point uh star wars you know um what is it force awakens han solo spoiler han solo dies oh that um, got spoiled for that me. got leaked on instagram it got like crazy leaked mo- months before because there was well i didn't know that i didn't know that and i don't i'm not like I, I don't get into the stuff like you do but i was surfing instagram one night and i see like star wars spoiler here and i was like all right fuck it whatever i click on it and it's the scene, it's literally the full 
I mean, you only get like a minute long video on Instagram. This right. was before TV, IGTV happened. So uh, it's the f- pretty much the full scene of, you know, uh, Kylo stabbing him and then Chewie going, Bleh. yeah. And I was like, all right, well, that that's that's an interesting take on this movie. So and it, like it didn't get to me. But then I went to go see it in theaters like two, three weeks later, and I'm in the theaters. I can't see the screen because I'm crying so much. Yeah. Like, it's so, a different feeling for me. I knew it was coming because literally months, it may have been almost a year before the movie came out, there was a, a script leak or something, and I remember reading it, and it said, uh, it was like, you know, Han Solo approaches Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren steps up and silences the conversation forever. Like, that was what it said. I'm like... Whoa, 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 what? That's dark. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I remember it saying. I'm just like, oh, my God. And that just stoked me. That's saw it in the theater. I'm just like, no. What about I you, Joe? What's I your was... thoughts on spoilers? Uh, honestly, I, I I do pretty good about avoiding them. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking for it because I'm kind of over something, I'll go find it. or like, But, like, still, like, if I, if I catch a spoiler nowadays – I get, I'm like, oh man, but I tend to forget about it pretty quickly because Dude. still watching, like still watching something, you know, I, it still hits me. Like when I, cause I, when I found out that Luke Skywalker was in the last episode of the Mandalorian and I was like, oh, and that, did, that did not get spoiled for me. Thank God that I, I forgot how it got spoiled for me. But, uh, well, it did, I... but it didn't, because they just said that it was going to be a big person, and like Luke is so far out there Dude, that you wouldn't the, expect it. Almost. The second I saw I, the X wing, I'm like, it. no, they're not doing what I think they're doing. I had a vibe about it, and then I think it was either on Facebook or Instagram I saw it. But then when I like when I saw the X wing, I was taken back, and like I like I was still in awe, like I couldn't believe it. I wasn't going to believe it until they showed his face that it was him. But just to be, you know, to see him walking through the hall, you know, and not. That's why, out. that's why you got to watch the episodes at 3 a.m. when they drop. Yeah, man. I don't oh, wake up that early and, anymore. And, it, and it, you know, and sometimes, I, you know, like for Falcon Winter Soldier, I'd go to sleep and wake up at 6. Oh, I got to be at work at 7.30? Yeah, I got time. Just <laughs> throw it on. You know what I do get mad about? Though? I get mad about sport spoilers because I'll watch, like, I'll be watching something <laughs> if I'm going to be a little behind. And like ESPN is so bad about like as soon as something's over they'll post the like I'll get the notification from my ESPN app saying you know, uh, you know game over whatever whatever, and I'll be watching something I see it I'm like god damn it, but I was like you know what whatever fine I can quit complaining about this I'll just turn it off. So what you're well, telling me <laughs> is you're gonna be pissed if Space Jam Two gets spoiled for you. Oh no yeah like I'm already, <laughs> I'm already ready to to roast Space Jam Two. Oh what. Oh. It's funny Come that you on. say that because the broadcasts for like my hockey games that I watch are usually like a minute to a minute and a half behind. Uh-huh. So my phone is like blown up on the NHL app, like score, school <laughs> or score, or goal scored. And I'm like, I'm watching, I'm like, where? Like, did I miss it? Like, and it's funny because there's been times where like they, they score a goal, but then they have to take it away because of some like, uh, like technicality or something like that. Right, so right, I'll have right. the notification and then they never actually like it, they take it away, but they don't tell me that they took the goal away. So I'm like, wait, what? See, that's that's me when I'm watching like fantasy, like when I'm when I was playing fantasy football all the time. We were watching the red zone, and which just it plays whatever game is in the twenty yard line, you know, in the, the red ADD zone. The channel, yeah, basically. 
And so, like, we're all watching our favorite teams just trying to see, you know, our, did our players score? Did our players score? And then, like, their our phones are blowing up. And I was like, oh, they scored. And they're like, where? Like, you know, we wait for it to pop up on the TV. Or I'm watching, like, WWE. Like, if me and my buddy starts late, we start And they show showed late. up on, like, Instagram or some shit. It shows up on like... Instagram, and we're like, huh. And then we're like, if one of us sees it, the other one doesn't, we don't say anything. And we're just, you know, let it play out. So, but you know, honestly, like, but like for movies and stuff like that, I do. I think I do pretty good about avoiding it. It's more mm. sports that I. I used to go out looking for spoilers, and I remember when uh, when the first Avengers was coming out, I I was I was like, I don't care. I was to the point where I didn't care about the movie itself. I wanted to know what the post credit scene was going to be, and like a year or two before. I had just read Infinity War. Like my dad had got it for me for Christmas one year, and I had just read it. I'm like, oh, this is the most amazing comic I've ever read in my life. I want Thanos to show up. So I'm reading, and I remember reading the article. Oh yeah, rumors report we'll be seeing uh, Thanos in the in the uh, post credits of Avengers. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And then we got to the theater, and I'm watching it, and that post credit scene dropped. I just Nobody else in that theater had a clue who that dude was. But I'm just sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Speaking of uh, superheroes and all that, Sorry, I real actually quick, real quick, Ray. Sorry, Cole. I was, I was reading a meme real quick. What what posting you talking about? Is um, it when he gets the when he gets the gauntlet? The no, literally the first one in the first uh, okay. first Avengers where they just show His they face. just show him and the 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 voiceovers like to challenge them is to court death and he just right yeah yeah because in the because in the comic literally the whole reason he wiped out half the universe was to because he was in love with death like the physical yeah the physical manifestation of death but she wanted deadpool god thanos is an emo little bitch (laughs) still better than dark side i said it Uh, i said what i said speaking Speaking of uh, superhero movies, you guys watched, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier and all that. What I watched this week uh, earlier was a movie called from 1999 called um, Mystery Men. <laughs> Such a classic movie. Such an old classic movie. Um, Cole hasn't seen it. Have you, you seen it, Joe? I saw it like back in the day. Like when it first came out, because it had uh, Kel, Kel Mitchell in it, which I like from Keenan and Kel. And of course, it had who ben looks Stiller. like Cisco. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Cisco. It has, uh, yeah, Kel Mitchell, uh, Ben Stiller. Um, what's his face? <sighs> who did I tell you to watch it for? Cole, what was his name? Um, he's from Hank, The Simpsons. He Hank, voices Hank, Mo. Az- Hank Azaria. Hank yeah. Azaria, um, Gene. Janine Garofalo, um, William H. Macy. Um, and it was like right after Fargo, William H. Macy, too. Um, I think that's about it. Like, oh, Paul Rubens as well. Really? Who is, who is uh, Pee Wee? Pee Wee, yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's an, it's an interesting it's an interesting movie because it's it's an early nineties or I'm sorry late nineties early two thousands uh, superhero movie and like the movies that you can kind of go off for that are like Batman and Robin you know the George Clooney one 
um, which isn't great. Like, don't get me wrong, but you got so you got that. Um, the Mask is technically a superhero movie because it is, ba- or I should say, I shouldn't say superhero movie as much as I should say comic book film. Um, but the thing that was interesting to me was how almost vibrant and pop art like the um the setting because i also rewatched the mask this week but it was interesting to see how like vibrant and pop art looking the uh mystery men and the mask was was like it was very colorful and things like that i feel like with the exception of guardians of the galaxy and I mean, it's not again. It's not a great movie, but this the first Suicide Squad movie, and even then, this this newer Suicide Squad movie, I feel like you don't get that aesthetic anymore in these newer superhero, these newer comic book movies. That especially DC, obviously, you get a darker tone and all that. But even with Marvel, I don't feel like you get like vibrant colors and anything like that. Like you get color, but it's almost like got a like a gray wash to it and i feel like part of me misses that aesthetic like a part of me understands why they don't do it anymore because it does look a little bit cheesy but at the same time watching a movie like mystery men or the mask you're like yeah i kind of missed that look a little bit i feel like we got that with when guardians came back around like we we got more of that vibe not as not as colorful but it was definitely more color compared to the rest of the MCU movies that were coming out at the time. Yeah. Uh, I felt like, like to me, it would like it give us that, that comedy relief that the other movies were lacking. It had nice color pop. It had funny music. It, you know, it was, it was the comic relief in the group that needed to, that needed to happen. And I think, yeah, I think, I, I think it really kept it good. It kind of, it kind of brought the, not that the whole, lineup was dying but it it brought a new angle to everything and made it you know brought back the interest into it even more so yeah plus it gave us howard the duck in the best post credit scene ever so yeah, i mean yeah, anyway anyway and then like, yeah, I like don't don't just I like, there's only howard. there's only one howard the duck and it's the it's the one from the 80s where he puts on a duck costume. okay <laughs> i like how they gave thor the the guardians you know yeah i was gonna uh, say i feel like it. they i feel like later thor movies they started to go that route too yeah they, especially yeah, like looking the at the job. title looking at least the new title for what is it love and thunder or something love like and that thunder, love and thunder. yeah like that seems very like 90s pop arty kind of sound like, I'd, I'd go 80s like that's um but like yeah, another thing for me yeah we, you get what i mean you could even go in the 80s with this with the comic book movies because like even michael keaton's michael keaton's batman came out in the 80s right yeah yeah 89 i believe but even like those earlier Batman movies, like and that's not necessarily like, or like even Batman sixty six, like look how colorful and bright that was. Like, I feel like when you think comic book, you think light, and pan- colorful. Yeah. light and colorful panels and all this. And I'm not necessarily saying like put a picture in like a panel or something like that. But you you get like when you think comic book, you think colorful. And like they captured that with like Batman sixty six, but I feel like they lost that aesthetic in these later like comic book movies. And like like you said, and Guardians brings it back. I feel like um, Suicide Squad kind of did it a little bit too. Um, even Birds of Prey, like 
I feel like the movies that I do enjoy in the newer the newer batch of superhero movies are the Guardians and things like that because it's it's an offshoot of what you're used to after three Iron Mans, a Captain America and a Thor where it's like very like serious like we got to do this Honestly, you know what I, I mean I feel like if they didn't if they didn't give Thor the the Guardians paint job it wasn't going to last because because no. you know was, who's uh the inspiration behind that right no who is it Kevin Smith is it yeah really he, uh after the second Thor movie came out he uh he went on his Fat Man Beyond podcast. It's like, here's what I would do if I was in charge of Thor right now. I would cut his hair and I would have fun with the character. And Chris Hemsworth happened to listen to it, went into the producers, like, cut my hair and have fun with me. Because honestly, like the, the first Thor, like, okay. Yeah, and Chris Hemsworth it. himself would say that that's where he got the inspiration from. Okay. And yeah. I, you know, the first Thor, yes, it's like, it's the origin story, how, how we get Thor down here. I don't mind the first that. one. The first, it's, I quote the first one all the time when he's in the little diner and he throws the the glass. Of the, I like this. Another. You know, it's okay. I'll I'll give it that. It's okay because like the first Iron Man was okay. You know. Uh, hey, 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 that's like it was. Top it three was okay. It was like top okay three for me, dude. And so when the when the Dark World came out, I was like, okay, this looks better. Like I had hype going into it, but like I was like this. I was like, this is still like, it's still a miss for me. I was like, this needs something because I feel like of all the superheroes, Thor was the weakest link at the time. As far as the movies go, he felt like yeah. the weakest link. And I was like, you need like this, this is your thunder God. He needs to be better than this. And so the fact that they made him fun and they said they gave him the, the Guardians paint job and you add Jeff Goldblum, I'm like, yes, this is great. Oh God, yes. Well, the er, for me, another like, super another uh comic book movie that almost scratch that early 2000s itch for me was uh black panther and not for like the aesthetic or anything like that but think about like back when um the first spider-man came out the sam raimi one oh, and man. things like that like what are you shaking your it's not even it's not even like content wise but this this is a random thing for me but remember, like the, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember those early, like those early comic book movies where they would, and even like Daredevil did this too, where they would commission a soundtrack. They would have the orchestral soundtrack, but then they would have like popular bands at the time do Venom. a soundtrack for the Venom movies. Did it as well. Venom did it, but Black Panther was the first one in the new like batch of MCU movies to really do it with the Kendrick Lamar soundtrack. And like, for me, that's other than Ryan Coogler directing that movie and Michael B. Jordan being in it. That was one of the things that like makes it one of my favorite MCU movies is because fucking you got a, you got a modern day music. It wasn't all orchestral music. Like you got artists to come do songs inspired by the movie. And it's, arguably a really good Kendrick album <laughs> like I, I thought that was really cool of them to do and I you know of course we kind of get that in Guardians as well but it's it's classic songs like it's you know oh I yeah. love both Guardians soundtracks the hits that you know that. that you know volume one and two are the hits that you know are are, his, are supposed to be what he grew up on which was cool you know but yeah like I, I totally get the on the Black Panther side like it was these artists 
writing the songs for these movies, not just finding, you know, classic songs like, oh, you know, this is cool. This is cool. No, like these artists came in and wrote it, wrote these songs inspired by the movie. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> you know what? I, I was reading about it the other day because one of my favorite, like, soundtracks that's like that is uh, they did one for Halloween H20. And it has uh, one of my favorite Creed songs on it. Yeah. I, I just said a favorite Creed song. <laughs> uh, but no, I was talking to I was talking to a friend. We randomly got on like the uh, the topic of Scott Stapp, who's the lead singer of Creed. And I was looking, I was like researching him and stuff like that because I wanted to see what he was up to today. Because last time I heard about him, he said that he was an agent for the government and like he, he did some weird shit. <laughs> I think I think he's solo performing now. I saw him solo performing. Well, I well yeah, he, him, I, he I released him. like an album in 2019, I believe, solo album. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Creed's not doing anything anymore. Um, well, they are, but it's technically Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. Yeah, so much better. Which, so much better. No. Dude. Dude. No. Miles no. Kennedy with them rips. Okay. Okay. I, I I will agree with you there from a few Alter Bridge songs that I've heard, but I'm a Creed. I, I am a closeted creed fan i'll say that <laughs> i mean they, i look, love creed ultra bridge gave us metalingus they gave us edge's theme song come on yeah but the version that you get in wwe versus the actual version is better compared to what you act like the actual version is complete shit whoa that beginning you know is hard that beginning is hard don't get me know, wrong okay, you know you know we'll argue off the camera for all this we're, we're all gonna argue but anyway anyway yeah, so i was on. reading i was reading about scott yeah Stapp me and, argue and about, uh, me i read about his about uh, spider-man <laughs> i was reading about scott Stapp, and i read about his first uh solo album that he did post creed turns out he got the this is this is the sh most shocking thing i've read this week he got the inspiration to make this solo album because he did a song for inspired by the passion of the christ so there's there's literally there's literally a soundtrack there's an orchestral soundtrack for the passion of the christ mm -hmm. but then there's music inspired by the passion of the christ and it blew my mind like it's more <laughs> like christian rock bands like mercy me and stuff like that yeah, yeah. but like pod is on there too well yeah pod is a, a christian rock yeah band, but technically Technically, but so is Creed, technically. But the fact that I, like I'm sitting here reading this that POD has a has a song on an album that is inspired by the Passion of the Christ, that blew my mind, man. But like at the same time, I respect it because like they kind of cashed into what was popular at the time. Like they knew what they were doing. I've never seen the movie, but still yeah, it's funny. It's funny because like you say popular, and it's like it's it's popular for different reasons to the usual things for being popular like it was popular because it's the story of you know of the bible you know in a modern and you got movie. pod youth of the nation over here yeah. <laughs> dude, honestly, honestly like that was that was the last movie and my my grandmother god rest her soul she she told my mom she's like i want to go see that movie i have to go see that movie like you know, because she was, she's an Hispanic, you know, Catholic. She's like, oh, I gotta go see Passion of the Christ, like, you know. And of course, you know, everyone's crying in the movie because they, they're seeing it all unfold and stuff like that. But I was like, I totally get it. But yeah, it was popular, but not for your usual, like, you know, mainstream thing being popular, like, oh, for fun reasons. It's because it was an, an important thing to people. Yeah, 
I remember when that movie came out. I was still young. Me too. Two thousand four. Yeah, I was a I was early teens or like maybe I eleven, twelve. Just no? turned About thirteen. No, you had to be older than me because I two thousand four. I would have been like eleven. So yeah, I was like thirteen then. Thirteen. Fourteen. Yeah, maybe. I had just fourteen. Turned- uh, um, like but yeah, I remember when like it came out and people were like, "Oh yeah, they're they're coming out and like dying in the lobby because it's so overpowering and stuff like that." Or like, yeah, dude, people someone got bold. struck by lightning with it or some shit. Mm. But no, I mean, um, it just like it blew my mind because like I, my earliest memory of uh, like a movie using modern, like I guess you could say, contemporary music or popular music as a soundtrack would be the first Spider-Man movie with the, the Josie Scott from saliva and Nickelback song hero. Yeah. With a matchbox 20 on there too. They could have been. No, no. And then I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure like Seether had a song for the daredevil soundtrack. That was the other thing as far as it's funny to me that like most of the bands on these albums are like metal bands. Like, Radio oh, rock uh, metal bands, you know but uh, metal bands. I think I think the first Punisher had a uh, had a uh, drowning pool step up. Yeah, well, and then the newer one had like Rob Zombie on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but no, I thought it was cool. Like uh, Cole, uh, the thing about uh, Mystery Men, the the when it came out in 1999, it was the reason that Smash Mouth All Star got popular before Shrek. Really? Yes. It was on the soundtrack. It was, they played it as like that ending song or whatever. But yeah, that that movie kind of pushed that song into the into the charts and all that, and then okay. Shrek picked it up in two thousand one and made and it popular Shrek, again. And the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. Real quick before we get before we like uh, get onto Mortal Kombat because we're talking about like older ninety movies. Um, and this is a, this one came out in '96. So I don't know if you guys saw it. Do y'all remember the movie The Phantom with Billy Zane? I've heard of it. Have you, I've never even heard of that. That yeah. one, that one was one of like one of my favorite movies growing up because it was, it was like one of the first superhero movies I could remember. He plays a hero, who was like basically it was, it was he was the Phantom, which was a, like a, uh, a vigilante hero that was passed down in his family line. And they protected these things, uh, these skulls, these three skulls. Well, this guy, uh, the bad guy, was like trying to gather these skulls so he can have like the ultimate power and like control the world and stuff like that. But uh, he was in a purple suit, like in a in a rather you know not bright, but it was a very clear purple suit. And then the the eyes of the skulls were like red, green, and I. I forget what other color, but that one kind of reminded me of like something. It wasn't very color poppy, but to see that much color in a superhero type thing, I was like, oh, he's in a like the hero's wearing purple. Like he's in a colored suit. He's not he's not Batman like wearing black or anything. He's not Superman wearing red or blue. He's in a purple suit. Which I it's thought was literally just purple pajamas, pretty much. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like purple spandex with uh with like a black skull on it, which I thought was interesting. Compared to your other superheroes, but and he, I think he has like goggles that he wears. He wears like a like a like a cow with goggles, and he has a. Oh, check this gun. out. That sounds fun. It's 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 think think the mummy, think the mummy, and it's the same like kind of like same styling. Tom Cruise, just, Brendan Fraser. Oh, the goat, <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Come on. 
<laughs> the only one. The only I just one. looked it up, man. And like, I was, cause we talked about spawn earlier in our chat or at least last night we did. And even they did like a whole, like, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, they did like the crystal method and filter. And there's like a, a DJ remix of like, for whom the bell tolls. Yes. Butthole Dude. surfers, corn and the dust brothers. Honestly, for, for a good while, I thought I dreamt up that remix of for whom the bell tolls. Because I remember hearing it as a kid. And like this was before I got into like rock music and stuff because like, I was like a legit a kid. And like my older cousins played it for me one time. And I was like, I just wanted to hear that song over and over again because I freaking liked it. But as I as I got older, I was like, did I dream that up? Because I can never find it again. But I'm, I'm sure I can find it now easily. But if you real- can't find it on streaming, you probably find it on YouTube. I'm sure someone's uploaded yeah, yeah. it by now. But also, I just had a realization: how are we how are we not talked about the greatest movie soundtrack that is the Queen of the Dam soundtrack? Oh yeah, because that had like Corn and a bunch of people on there, right? David Draymond, you know, and then uh, the dude from Corn, what's his name? I always forget his name. Jonathan uh, Davis. Jonathan Davis. Yeah, yeah. You know, or they, even dude, uh, the um, Freddy versus Jason soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it had Kill Switch Engage. It had it had Snap by Slipknot on it. I'm yeah, pretty sure I they didn't that. release that until like the reissue in 2009. Yeah, that was just like but this a was demo like the first case. Yeah, um, one of my favorite songs on it um, was "Welcome to the Strange" by Murder Dolls. That's where yes. I discovered Murder Dolls, dude. Yes, dude. You, you, know, you got the, Queen of the damn soundtrack real quick. Uh, Bombshell by Power Man 5000. Which, if you don't know who that is, that's Rob Zombie's brother. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. You got oh. Seether and uh, Stone Sour, <laughs> Devil Driver, Sepultura, featuring Stone Sour, Mike Patton. Really? Yeah, dude, real, real quick. You listen to Dance? Stone Sour? Well, I like song number three. I haven't really heard any of their other stuff. That's shocking to me. It's I've really? known you for how many years, and for some reason, that's shocking to me. Real quick. I also like. Go- I also like Ghost. If that shocks you. Yes, yeah, Ghost. So good. <laughs> Brady's like, I'm done. Hey, hey he's mad. He's mad. I support that call. I love ghosts. They're so fun. Anyway, the Queen ghosts of the Dead soundtrack. Ghosts make Scooby-Doo music. Queen of the Dead soundtrack. I mean, yeah. Wayne, Wayne Static, you know, from Static X. David Draymond, Disturbed. Chester Bennington, Linkin Park. Uh, Change in the House of Flies from Deftones was on that soundtrack. Yeah, that's, uh, where, that's where I discovered that song, yeah. honestly. Uh, Marilyn Manson, Papa Roach, uh, yeah. Godhead. I'm going to censor uh, his name. Fuck him. Earshot with... Uh, Headstrong, uh, dry cell with body crumble. Ooh, body crumble is such a banger. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say headstrong as in like trap song, but it's not no, by trapped? It's from, yeah, it's from Earshot. There's another one from Earshot. Uh, body crumbles from dry cell, which is a banger. Love that song. Like this whole album is stacked. It's so good. I feel like, I feel like the, like these darker movies with, uh, with the rock band, uh, backing them don't get enough credit because they're so good. But then again, like, rock isn't the the popular uh genre for at least two out of you know for two out of three of us here it is i'm not too sure what cole listens to i imagine it's just disney soundtracks well i'm shocked as shit that this man listens to fucking (laughs) stone sound honestly bro listen to uh is one of their latest one but yeah that's like the one song of theirs i know okay i'll check i'll check out some of their earlier we'll talk about that later yeah you don't know through glass through glass is popular off radio yeah, that was like their, their check, mainstream breaking. Check it out, dude. I li- it literally it literally depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes I'm listening to Lincoln Park. Sometimes I'm listening to 
Yeah. See, Linkin Park just, makes sense for him to me for some reason. Yeah, Stone Sour like, doesn't, but Linkin Park every, does. Everyone listens to Linkin Park. If you don't listen to Linkin Park, then what's wrong with you? I, I mean, get, the best the best Linkin Park album. Don't at me on this one because it's facts, and you can't argue here. Jay Z and Linkin Park Collision Course. Let's go. Minutes to Midnight. Ooh, that's ugh. a fucking Transformers album. <laughs> but even yeah, like yeah. Transformers did that. Like that's like 2007 was kind of when that all ended, though. Dude, really- New Divide, which was for the second Transformers movie. That's like top three Linkin Park songs for me. I love New Divide. But no, uh, but yeah, I just like, like I said, there, there, there's things about Mystery Men that make me appreciate, and you guys know how I feel about comic book, book movies today. There's Dear God, do mystery, we know. There's things about Mystery Men that actually make me appreciate comic book movies today. And some of it has to do with the, the fact that we do get better CGI mm-hmm. and we do get better, like, it seems like we're willing as to actually like go to locations in film versus building a, an elaborate set that looks comic-y, which, which sounds weird to say co- talking about a comic book movie, but there, there's a point where something looks too comical as in like too cheesy. Right. And then there, and then there's like, you know, going to a desert and filming a scene because it makes the scene look better kind of deal and looks more authentic. Right. Now let's, let's transition though, because you, oh. I, Mortal Kombat, let's just go ahead and start talking about this. The 2000, the 2021 Mortal Kombat movie. Um, man, I don't want to say what I have to say yet. Cause I want to hear it. Cause you guys, no, guys no, no, making, no, no, no. You, you guys are making No, no, no we, go we, ahead. We've been going first. You go first. You go first. Okay. I loved it. I absolutely love this movie. I am shocked. Shocked, sir. I, look, look, look. It's not, it's not the best thing I've ever seen in my life, obviously. But it's also not the worst. It's really, it's... It's campy. coming from you. That's a compliment. Almost, it's campy. almost, almost right off camera here. <laughs> it's campy. It's pop. It's a popcorn flick, which is what it needed to be. It's weird that we just, you know, talked about mystery men. And I just said, obviously the sets of um, mystery men look comical and like weird, but it almost worked in this movie. You know what I mean? Cause like yeah. there was, a, I have very little complaints about it. Um, I'm not like people on the internet who I've seen comments like they made it too much like an Avengers movie where they set up team A versus team B kind of deal. Um, I don't give a fuck about them saying fuck every fucking second. Like, get over it. Like, you're watching an R-rated movie. I saw someone complain about the swearing. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's more Uh, I thought I thought the blood and the gore in it was um, immaculate. so um, good. I will say my one of my few complaints about it, and it's weird. There was a couple moments in the movie where like nothing was happening, where they were like sitting there chatting or something like that, and the CGI looked off. But like during like the bigger like fight scenes and things like that, the CGI was perfect. Like I didn't see an issue with it. But there was a couple scenes where like there was like Luke Kang talking. 
or even Raiden's talking, where they were literally just talking and it looked like it just looked like they were just standing in front of a screen. It looked off to me. Right. Um, I saw another complaint online, someone saying about there's not enough Mortal Kombat movie or not enough Mortal Kombat in a Mortal Kombat movie. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like, you got like five, four or five really good fights. How is that not enough Mortal Kombat for you? I think perfectly, I think they perfectly set up the potential that they needed to set up. Like they came out, they gave you Sub-Zero, a really badass Sub-Zero, and they gave you Scorpion, which is probably the two most recognizable video game characters of all time, in my opinion, next to like Duke Nukem and shit like that. Um, they set it up really well to further the franchise if that's where they're going to go with it. They mentioned, you know, it's, it's a tournament. So you don't, in my opinion, you didn't need the tournament right away. I feel like setting up the characters the way they did perfectly, like it just, it worked for this movie. I went in with a low ex- expectation of like, I'm not going to like this movie. And I'm sure you guys were like, Brady's not going to like this movie. But like, I, I want to go watch it again. Like I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I thought it was amazing. There was parts of it that made me laugh out loud. And there was parts of it that like, even if it was crappy, I was like, you know what? It's just a fun, campy movie. Yeah. Like, have fun with it. It was it, it was not too dark, but also not too light. That opening seven minutes was amazing. The final battle between Scorpion and Sub-Zero and the new dude was really good. Cool. Um, I did make a joke to myself in my room at midnight when I was watching it, when Cole was... Uh, punching the ice i was like dude you're not mr miyagi you're not gonna break through the ice and like one punch like move on with your life um (laughs) i did think his i did think his character was not unnecessary like it almost seemed like they had to write a character in there to kind of develop the story and it makes sense because they're not from what i can tell and i don't know much about like the lore of the games or anything like that but from what i can tell is they're trying to make a different franchise off of a known franchise kind of deal so writing a character like cole makes sense because that's your central character instead of like sticking johnny cage in it right away and be like you get johnny cage you get scorpion and you get sub-zero right away i feel like that would have pissed more people off i also keep seeing online people saying like oh the 1990s version was better Take the nostalgia out of your eyes. That movie was atrocious to me. Like, I could not make it more than 20 minutes in. Like, you're telling me 1995 or 6 or whatever it was, CGI with, like, the Scorpion, like, when Scorpion or, I mean, Sub-Zero put some ice out of his hand, it was, like, some weird black hole CGI in his hand with, like, a weird-looking ice cube coming out of it. You're telling me that looks better than what we got i mean we got and i've played a few rounds like mortal Kombat in my life to know that like scorpion can rip off his mask and like his face is on fire and shit like that we got that in this movie and it looked amazing i don't know i give the movie a solid nine out of ten okay 
I pers- I, I find it funny that you guys thought I was going to shit all over this movie. Well, but- I thought it, and then the, <laughs> then the other night you like put in the chat, you were like, yeah, I might watch it again. I'm like, wait, did he hate it or did he like it? I can't tell. I really, I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was fun and it was campy, and I just, I just, I had fun watching it. Man, okay. I kind of don't want to go next now. <laughs> yeah, you're going next now. Okay, so I had, I had a lot of fun with this. Like Brady said, it's campy, it's dumb, it's a lot of fun. My, th- you know, Kane, can we just agree Kano was the best part of it? I will say this about the, uh, um, I'll give you, yeah, Kano was probably the best part of it. Yeah. I will say this about the, compared to the 1995 version versus the, uh, this version is the fact that, um, Raynan is actually played by an Asian actor and not a white yeah. guy. But, um, no, so I love Kano, even if they did kind of give part of his person, part of Johnny Cage's personality to him. I thought he was the best part of it, but I also like Cabal, the dude with the mask. Yes. He was, he was great. Cabal was good. Cabal was great. Um, Cole Young. Okay. So. From one, I, from one useless Cole to another useless Cole. Here we go. Sh- shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> no. So in, in like interviews and stuff, you know, the director was talking about, oh, why didn't we have Johnny Cage in this role? Well, we and he's he's like, you know, we wanted a character who could be a guide to this universe, uh, you know, someone for the audience to see this through. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, we have that character. His name is Johnny Cage, and I, I totally get the focus on Asian actors. I totally get that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. It's why did why did you have to create a new character? Yeah. They could have they could have easily swapped him out for they could have given his role to Liu Kang. And just had just had to re- have Liu Kang, you know, discover all this stuff for the first time, and it c- we could have gone from there. And that th- that being said, I didn't hate Cole's character. I just felt like I just felt like they didn't give him much to do. Yeah, I felt like they just like, oh, he's here, you know, he's your he's your tie to to, to the Scorpion. yeah, which but I didn't. Gonna... Yeah, we're not gonna discuss that. He's like the. So he's an ancestor of Scorpion, but we're not going to discuss that. And just, but other than that, no, I had fun with it. And my favorite part might have been the very, very end of it, which, yeah. oh, I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah. What, what's in Hollywood? Not what, who? And I'm just like, let's go. Let's go. It's my boy. See, I thought that was a good time to kind of leave you on the hook. Like, are oh, we going to do more? We're going to find out. We'll, we'll see well, how this goes. They bet they the better. Well, that's the thing that I did read. Um, I forget. Oh, the guy who plays Sub Zero has said that he has signed on for four films. Yeah, and the co-director said that he sees this as the first of a trilogy. Like they that just came out in the article like today. Cool. So, um, okay. And another thing is, this is a move that I can kind of see why they're doing it but at the same time doesn't really make sense in the long it, it, to me doesn't make sense in the long run is they are potentially planning a solo led Johnny Cage movie I did read that and I could I don't know what they would do of it but I could kind of see it I feel like they could bypass that and just have the the second one open up with Cole arriving in Hollywood 
Yeah. Locating Johnny Cage just like their first 30 minutes of your movie there. Yeah. Have him battle to test his skills. I gotta say, I'm very curious as to what a Johnny Cage solo movie would be like. The Miz's WWE career. (laughs) We'll get to the Miz. We will get to the Miz. My God. But Um, no, like, I... I, There was... uh, it was a little obvious in some points. I will say that too. Um, like I forget what the actual name for it, but they used, but him needing to find his power. Like as soon as they said that, I, I can like, oh, forget. I completely forgot the name of that. Too. Yeah. I was like, Oh, he's for sure. Going to have to like fight something. It was like Arcana for his family. Like yeah. Arcana. Yeah. Arcana. Yeah. Um, I was just like, as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, he's going to have to like save his family from some like turmoil or something like that. And that's where he discovers it. And his power is really fucking weird. I still don't understand what the he hell grows like was. Iron Man armor or not yeah, even Iron Man armor, Aquaman armor. <laughs> I would. Yeah. It's like half of an Aquaman with like uh, blades. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He gets Aquaman armor with uh freaking daredevils like sticks sticks that he has clipped with, like has on his arm on sometimes yeah it's like what? what'd you think joe i i'm interested to hear what you have to say because i feel like you you got some stuff all right so we watched the movie friday night and over the weekend i was seeing many of my friends on facebook post you know mixed reviews about the movie they loved it they hated it the 90s was better I saw one meme that says, if you uh, if you didn't play this, you can't give an opinion on the Mortal Kombat I did movie. See, I did see that. And I was like, okay. All right. You're getting upset over a movie with a storyline. And you're comparing a game that initially had no fucking storyline. And you're saying... This movie isn't it. This isn't the Mortal Kombat I grew up on. Who gives a shit? Like like Brady said, get the nostalgia out your eyes and look at how badass this movie was. They gave us Liu Kang. They gave us Kung Lao. They gave us Melina. Dude, friggin' Kung, Kung Lao. The Kung frig- Lao was my god can we talk about the the freaking fatalities that's just what i want to say right there they actually gave us fatalities blood and gore fatalities they gave us kung lao spiking his hat into the ground and using it as a damn saw and say no wins they gave us flawless victories they gave us jack's Getting his arms broken Dude, off by something. I was not expecting reptile to show up out of nowhere. It was reptile. I was so, I was like wait, wait, I was like wait, wait a minute wait. is that reptile? Holy crap! What's I'll, up? I'll rewatch. I obviously I'm going to rewatch before it gets kicked off of HBO Max. Where was reptile again? So he I was can, like so he was, he was the like the... he was the like lizard creature they fought in the like the cabin they were in. It's when Cole but, go meets Sonya Blade for the first time. And yeah, they, and she's got Kano, Kano. Kano. Just, uh, chained up. Um, the invisible thing they fight for a little bit. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. get that was reptile. I was reptile. Yeah. This movie okay. kicked ass, dude. This movie it was, was, it was a fun as fuck movie. It was done. a fun movie. It gave us all the blood you want. It gave us great fight scenes. The storyline was exactly what I expected it to be. Not great, but it held its own. And I'll it, say, I was, was supposed come... to be. This was supposed to be a 
give them all the blood and fuck yeah. people up movie. This is I, exactly what it should have been. You know, and initially when I watched it, I was like, okay, I was kind of pissed that there wasn't an actual tournament. But like Brady said, you don't need it right away. Like, do yeah, it in the second so, movie. And then and the so third going, one, yeah, deal going with back the to that. Going back to that, Shang Tsung clearly you know, made it obvious that he did not want to fight this tournament. He was like, no, we won nine tournaments already. This yeah. is in the bag. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to wait. I'm just going to take Earth. I'm just going to take it right now. So, yeah. you know, there was there was never going to be a tournament. If you're going to follow the story, there was never going to be a tournament because Shang Tsung just wanted to take the Earth already. But Which, I feel um, like next time we're going to get an actual tournament. Yeah, next time we'll get a tournament be for sure. Because, and like, but like, if you if you want to compare it to the 90s movie, look how fast they gave us a tournament and like how like random it was. It's like I oh, still hey. need to watch the 90s movie. It, it was it was so quick. Like they gave us what fifth like 10, 15 minutes and we're already on the boat showing up to Mortal Kombat. It's too fast. Are you serious? Yeah, it's too fast. Yeah, yeah. It's straight up like within the first 30 minutes that they're on a boat going and then like 10 minutes in or whatever they're they're in like a palace and sub zero yeah, kills yeah, someone that's, already. That's like, like that's like going to fight Thanos in the first 20 minutes super of fast. In, in the 90s in the 90s movie the opening sequence shows Sang Song uh Sang Song uh killing Liu Kang's brother in a dream. Then we get Liu Kang right there after that. From from there we get we get Raiden right you know white pretty guy quickly. Raiden. We got white guy Raiden. We get Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage uh, just and Kano, like it's so fast, and yeah, and you sudden, get Sonya Blade looking for Kano too. Yeah, like, yeah. She already is like aware of who he is and all. Yeah, that. already knows who he is and everything, and it's so fast. And all of a sudden, all of y'all get on the boat. We're going to Mortal Kombat, and then you know there's a there's a standoff between saying uh, Shang Tsung and Raiden. It's like it's so quick, and it's like okay, well we're already here, but like even though. Like with this one, at least there was some weight. You know, they teased us with the tournament. Yes, they all went to meet up with Raiden and stuff like that. Yeah. But they were learning their powers. They're still getting used to everything. It was it was fine. I'm cool with that. Speaking of them learning their powers, one thing uh, I didn't pick up on. To, I read it in a, co- in a comment on, I think, Reddit. The So when, uh, I think it's Kano and Sonya, like, she keeps swi- like sweeping the leg. Like, that's like the yeah, cheapest that's mo- moves. Yeah, well, that's like the cheapest move you can do in the game because it's like, yeah, because yeah, you just spam that. So I thought I was like, oh yeah, that makes. I'm like, that's that's pr- <laughs> Brady. That's, Brady, that's me. The- that's me too. Because I can't, that- I can't pull. I was playing uh, Mortal Kombat X the other night, like after the movie. I can't pull up any of any of the moves for crap. So I'm just spamming the same. Cr- Dude, that's just me. How I that, do fighting that was, games. That was another thing in the movie. Like if if you were paying attention, which I'm sure the ones who said, oh, you know. If you didn't play this game, you can't give an opinion. I'm sure because they were so upset already, they didn't notice. They were doing the moves. You know, there was yeah. hints at the moves. Yes, we got the we got the fatalities and stuff like that. But like there was a scene, I forget who was fine. I think uh, it wasn't Jax. They were on a bridge, but there was a point where like uh, they kind of showed the the camera angle from from lower. But if you see the the enemy that's being fought. He's kind of doing the number when you can do like your little finisher, but he's like standing there and he's kind of doing the whole spin move, like not spin, but like he's like kind of bobbling around like, oh, I'm dead. You know, I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah, and I remember that. Position. Yeah, they did that. They give us little nods like that. And, you know, I thought that was cool. They even did uh, 
like with Cole, which you know, when I when I think of Scorpion, I always think of the uppercut with Scorpion. Yeah, that was one of the moves for Scorpion. They tell Cole, Cole, do the uppercut, which I thought was a nice nod, because since he is of lineage to Scorpion, I thought that was a nice nod, and to give him that. And they almost set it up too in a way that earlier in the film that like that's like his go-to move in his MMA fights or whatever he's his cage matches yeah, or whatever doing, he's yeah, doing. That's a, that's right. a move for him. Also, we get Prince Goro looking monstrous. I Dude, Goro looks fantastic. I wish they would have uh, played a little bit more into him, but his fight with Cole was fucking killer. I thought it was good. Also, and like I felt like the the backdrops to to the fights they looked like Mortal Kombat video right. game backdrops. Like the statue, the statue, the statue, the stone there statues was, and everything. There was one. There was one giant uh, statue of uh, what's his name, Shao Kahn. And I was like, wait a minute, which he was the villain in the second movie. He was okay. the, the bald white guy um, who was supposed to be Raiden's brother. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was a statue of him, but like all these backdrops looked like a Mortal Kombat game, which I thought was, you know, I was like, this movie, this movie rips. Like this is a Well, that's dope. what I was saying earlier about the, uh, the, the set pieces itself. Yeah. Like in Mystery Men, there were scenes where they showed like, the sets and they look comical and cheesy but in this when they showed the sets i was like holy fuck we're in a video game right now like yeah yeah this is like a we're loading like the camera's coming down and you're about ready to get here fight you know it was it was so fun like like i said the storyline wasn't great but i didn't i didn't expect it to be great but it was a it was a great fun movie the blood was awesome the fights were awesome the I feel like the the more dramatic parts, the dramatic dramatic parts with you know between Sub Zero and the Scorpion storyline, that kept it together. Like it was good, it held up. You know the opening. And that's really the great. only that's really the only story you need to establish within a Mortal Kombat yeah franchise. Yeah. I would say, is obviously these two because characters not, are like of, your main. They don't, they don't characters. have a lot of video games with storyline. A lot of the games yeah. don't have a, like a true story mode. There's a couple of them that have a story mode. Well, uh, Mortal Kombat X has one, and it's for I haven't gotten far into it, but literally, like it's it starts out like they're in the middle of like uh i don't they're not like in the middle of a tournament but like there's all out war and whatnot then it jumps 20 years and it's like oh yeah this is uh this is johnny cage's daughter i'm like what yes yeah, yeah what, I know, what happened i know armageddon and deadly alliance has story modes but like like i'm not you know we're not talking about those games everyone wants to compare it to the old stuff okay well that's a comparison you're gonna yeah, get because yeah so there's the, no story and there's the and there's games. no storyline it's just pick yeah but player. even even the you newer want. ones if you think about it like yeah, there's a story mode, but what what's it do? They say a few lines in a cutscene. Next thing you know, you're in a fight. So like, it's yeah, literally the same thing. That's as injustice. what they exactly like. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, injustice just, is made by the same people and all that. But still. well, yeah, yeah. So if you, you know. if you're just if you're just gonna bitch about this isn't Mortal Kombat, show me the storyline then. I, the I don't book. see how I don't see how you can't say it's more not a Mortal Kombat movie or whatever, because literally. They 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 go to like purgatory essentially. I don't know where the the in between realms or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like they're like, all right, here's the plan. I'm gonna go clap up this dude. You clap up this dude, and you clap up this dude. And they show us all those fights. They show us yeah. all those fights to completion. That's exactly yeah, what fun. you would get if you played a fucking video game of it. Exactly. Like when Jack straight up like clapped this dude's head. 
I was like, damn. Yeah. Dude, when they showed Jax getting his arms frozen by Sub-Zero and then snapped off. Dude. And then he just got dropped. And I was like, oh, no. And then they gave him, they, they see them, you know, they give him the the mechanical arms. Which yeah. looked, looked, it looked hilarious. Dude, friggin' Sub-Zero in the beginning. Sub Zero in the beginning when he's going after Cole, freaking terrifying, dude. Like I got chills, like literal chills. Well, he's he uses ice, so that makes sense. Shut the hell up! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were he's gonna like, say that too. He's a guy, so <laughs> he's a he's a, guy. He's a nice guy. Oh <laughs> um, nah, man! Like that opening, honestly, that opening, the opening scene for that movie, the first fight between Sub Zero and um. Scorpion before they were Sub Zero and Scorpion, dude. That was so good, so good, beautiful, beautifully shot. It reminded me of in uh, earlier this week they released it on HBO Max, like the first seven minutes. Right. I was watching it. My dad was watching it with me, and he goes, "This looks like Last Samurai." Yeah, if, if yeah, like it's, last, it has like old school samurai movie. It vibes. has like an old school, like you know, samurai or Jap- old school Japanese vibes to it, which I thought was cool. Also, I thought it was hilarious when. When uh, Sub Zero's talking to him in Chinese, and then uh, it would say in Chinese on the bottom. Yeah, and, and like, I thought that was weird for a second. Then Japanese, they're like, "I don't like, know what I don't know what I you're don't saying." So I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I, there's, it's I think, what's it, what was his name? Because like I know, like he he goes by Scorpion, but they gave him an actual Han? name. It, it's uh, oh, Hanzo something. Hanzo it's it's, Hanzo Hasashi. Ha, Hanzo Hasashi. Hanzo Hasashi, yeah. And then it was like Ben Tao or something like that, or Ben Tao. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was cool because, like, like I said, growing up, I thought it was a cool, you know, reversal because growing up, I always felt like Sub Zero was kind of the the good guy. That's what I always figured. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was kind of felt. And Scorpion was like, and Sub Zero was, was always from, one of my favorites. Yeah. He was from the you know, the the other realm. So I thought it was you know I always thought okay, well, this is a good. A good kind of role reversal on things. What? Okay, so it's it's weird that like, like I said, I fully went into this movie no pre expectations or anything like that. I did have a feeling that I wasn't gonna like outright love it because it's a Mortal Kombat movie. And not necessarily that it's a Mortal Kombat movie; it's a video game adaptation. This and those those historically do not do the greatest. Yeah, we're on that. a good we are on a good track with uh with video game movies because we just had Sonic last year, which I know we didn't have a ton of movies last year, but that was my movie of the year last year. Sonic, I, 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 yeah. For so me good. to walk out of this movie. I still, I don't know. I just find it funny that you guys thought I would. I, I, I can see where you guys are coming from, that you thought I would outright hate. Well, you didn't There's, like Godzilla versus Kong, and you don't like superhero movies, so mostly you mostly. My don't. problem with superhero movies, though, is the fact that like it's the no matter what the movie is, it's the same thing every movie. It's bad guy shows up, bad guy kicks supposedly all-powerful superhero movie person for half the movie and is losing 
And then all of a sudden at the last like 25 to 30 minutes, he gets his, he gets his strength to defeat them. Like, it's like, come on, like break the cycle, break the cycle and do something. That's why I like guardians. Cause it wasn't like that. Like it was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah. It's I, I, I hate, I don't necessarily like absolutely love it, but the new, the, the first suicide squad movie is fun and entertaining because it broke the cycle cycle. Same with birds of prey. I absolutely love Birds of Prey. I like because it was fun Squad and entertaining. But like this movie was fun. It was entertaining. It yeah. broke the cycle of video game movies, in my opinion. Because like think about it. Before I mean, honestly, before the Sonic the Hedgehog movie last year, you got like a bunch of like what's his name, Yule Bow movies or whatever it is, and those are absolute trash. Like name what he made a Far Cry movie. There was a Far Cry movie. Far Cry yeah, movie? yeah. There's like three of them. What? Well, yeah, I never played the game, so I don't really care. But like one of them was like straight to video. I mean, all of them were pretty much straight to video. Okay. Well, but it's all by like Yule Bal or whatever his name is. I didn't see Tomb Raider, but I heard that was okay at best. But even think about like earlier video game movies. They just weren't Doom with The Rock. Super Resident Mario Evil. Brothers, Bob Hoskins. Hey, that's a good movie. Fuck you. Oh, um, it's a guilty pleasure for me. I, uh, Resident Evil, the 1999 one. Like, look at that one. Like, it's hey, it's man. a cheese fest. Straight cheese. But like this movie, hey, I'll tell you what though, real quick on video game movies. Uh, the first Silent Hill was probably one of the better video game movies. Just the first one. The first one was. I haven't seen it, but I can good. see that because it is. Because they almost went the horror movie route, right? Not necessarily. They basically did. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty damn good. Anyway, go on. But yeah, I mean, I just, there was something about this movie that like, it, for, if you listen to our last episode about Fargo, where I didn't put my phone down, there was something about this movie that Fargoed me where I, or where I couldn't pick up my phone, I should say. I I was glued to the screen the entire time. Maybe it's because of the like the 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 action in it. Like I didn't want to miss anything or something like that. Right. Because there was a the pacing of this movie was really good as well. I think. Yeah, I enjoyed the pace. I like it was. It I feel like it didn't know. slow down. No, it, it moved pretty well. It, it kind of kind of kept you on a on a good walk. Uh, um, I think one of the better things that works. For this movie is <clears throat> you get the dude who plays Scorpion and the dude who plays President of the Outer World. I don't know what he is. Um, King of the Outer World, basically. Yeah. Lord. He, they're recognizable actors. Yeah. And that's the only recognizable actors in those movies. Yeah. Or in this movie. And I feel like that worked perfectly for them i feel like not having like well-known like established actors like (laughs) just because she did this gimmick in wwe for a while imagine ronda rousey as sonya blade awful you would have fucking hated it wouldn't you yeah exactly Uh, so the fact that they like cast this like random blonde lady like that i don't i've never even seen in a movie before i mean i'm sure she's been in stuff before but i don't recognize her and even like the guy who played um cole like he looks familiar but i couldn't tell you what he's in 
but he's not like a super established actor in my opinion right and that's why to kind of transition into it where they're going to go with the future they're talking about possibly making a johnny cage movie i feel like that's why casting the miz is a perfect choice because unless you're really into like wrestling in the wwe you're not gonna know you have no idea who the miz is and straight up look at a picture of that guy and look at the picture he's of johnny the, cage johnny cage he picture he, perfect johnny cage. he should be he should be the only person even considered for the role I don't know who else they would even consider. Maybe Zac Efron, maybe, but no, no. no. See, that would ruin it for me. Yeah, he's 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 too he's too too well known. Yeah, but I feel like he could pull it off. But at the same time, you're right; he's too well known. But and I I feel like the Miz would be a good fit. Like you know, I know we were talking about it. I was like against it, but honestly, yeah, the Miz would be a a the Miz is the perfect fit. Yeah, he's done a couple movies. You know, he you know which were the WWE films, which is fine. He did those Marine movies. Yeah, he did the WWE Marine movies. He's he has a show on USA. You know, Miz and Mrs. with his wife. I haven't watched it in a few years, but it was really good when it started. Yeah, it's a good show. Uh, of course, he's super well known at WWE. He's one of the the best wrestlers on the you know in the whole. He's one uh, of my favorites. Whole company. He and of course he started on TV. He was on MTV. You know what I mean? That's where he got his start from. Yeah, uh, he did like the challenge or something like that. Real yeah, world. He was, he was in the real world, but he was he was like one of the best people in the challenge shows like he he fit the he fit the build uh bill well like i said he like i said outside of the wrestling world if you don't know him you know then it's fine because you're like oh who's this random guy but everyone who does know him it's an it's a perfect fit for him yeah and he's and he's already put out that he he's he's totally open to it yeah he's campaigning for it already which ed boone has said hey you know let's do it but <clears throat> yeah, that that's that that was my whole take on everything. I I enjoyed the bloodbath. That was Mortal Kombat. I'd give the action a nine, and I give the storyline a six. Oh, I mean, that's the, yeah. That, it, it's weird in a weird way. It was almost deliberate that they made the storyline as shitty as they did. <laughs> yeah, like they straight up that in my opinion. They straight up went into this movie and were like, all right, guys, here's the deal. We got to hit these points. I don't give a fuck about the story. We just got to hit these points. Yeah. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, then, then they don't. But if we hit these points, then we did something right. And I feel like they did it really well. And the first moment for me that was like, especially like that gave me that vibe of like, hit these points and we made a good movie was when... I'm forgetting the character's name right now. Sorry, but he threw his hat into the ground and did the fatality. Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Yeah. Kung Lao yeah. So good. I literally, I was laying, I was laying in bed and I literally went up. I leaned up and went, "Holy shit, that just happened!" Dude, like to there see were so many holy the ground, shit moments. There were so many holy shit moments for me in this movie. Like that was that was probably the biggest one when he just because it was Molina, right? He just yeah, he did to Molina. Her, just split her in half. God, dude. So that good, badass. And again, when Jax clapped dude's head up, like Jax was awesome. They did that, like in, like I said, some parts of it were obvious, like the whole Cole storyline. Like if you didn't catch that he was Scorpion's person early on, like at when they said he was his ancestor, it made more sense, or like a descendant from him, it made more sense. I for a while until they kind of 
explain the story, thought it was going to be the baby at the beginning of the movie. That's exactly what That's I what thought. But, yeah. but then it, it, it makes girl, sense. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But it makes sense that like it was centuries ago or whatever it was. Yeah. That yeah. It, it, it isn't the baby. Um, but it was obvious that he was going to be related to Scorpion, in my opinion. It was obvious that he was going to find his superpower or whatever it is. Um, or his special ability. I guess it was all, it was obvious his family was going to get kidnapped. Yeah, it was yeah. like those those plots were obvious. It was obvious to me that because you see in the trailer, you see Jax's like cyborg arms. Yeah, but you don't see it for a while in the movie. But it was obvious to me that like he was going to have to well, do you something also see Zub- heroic Zub- like that to get his cyborg arms. Well, you also see uh, Sub Zero freezing his arms in the trailer. Yeah, uh, especially the red. I don't. The Red Band trailer, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Red Band trailer, yeah. Which, in my opinion, that's where this movie started, was the Red Band trailer. Exactly. They came out, they showed you all the blood and the gore and everything that you needed to sell you on this movie, and mm-hmm. then you actually get everything delivered in this movie. I, it, It's, Dude, it's a that... really good movie. It really is. And I feel like you're just finding something you just want something to complain about or so you just didn't i don't know you're just a bitch if you don't enjoy this movie it's, it's just society not being happy because it's not exactly what they want but they don't know exactly what they want yeah. anyway so it doesn't matter dude i'll never forget when the tra- when the red band trailer came out so i was babysitting my seven-year-old niece at the time and i didn't realize it was a red band trailer and i'm like hey you want to watch this trailer with me <laughs> yeah i'm a i'm a great great influence on the children smooth and then the, i started seeing the bottom like wait is this regular tra-? and then i started swearing I'm like okay nope nope you go you go in there i'm gonna finish this no i mean like it's i'm with you i give the violence and the gore and everything like a nine out of ten honestly fuck it i'll give it a ten out of ten it was good for me um yeah. and i'll give the story like a six out of a five or six because like Again, I feel like this, the the lack of a structured story in this was purposeful. And it, yeah. it works so well for this movie. Yeah, right. so... Now, it's not going to work going forward because they yeah, established yeah. a bunch of stuff. So you're going to need a, a more beefier story, I guess, yeah, in a way. Yeah, because right they made forward, a list of like, new champions they got to find. So Yeah, but for this first movie to set everything up, works perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the, you know, action, I'll give it a nine story, seven and a half, you know, okay. round it up to an eight and a half. I don't Raiden know look good works. to me, but every time I see Raiden, no matter what it is, video game version, uh, movie version, whatever, I always think of lightning from, um, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yes. So real quick, um. Because Cole brought it up in the chat. Uh, tonight are the Oscars. It's it's happening as we speak. Wait, uh, real quick. Is that uh-huh. in a Mortal Kombat? Like we're yeah. yeah. Sorry, that is in a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, that was a flawless victory on our end. Uh, Fatality. Uh, so yeah, the, the Oscars are tonight. And they're happening as we speak, like I said. I don't know uh, what's nominated. I don't know. I Dude, I don't know nothing. Yeah, I was going to ask do you guys usually follow the Oscars? Have y'all followed? I past? haven't watched it since Seth MacFarlane hosted it. Or wait, was Billy Crystal before or after Seth? Mac- one of those like two. Every was- year. 
<laughs> one of those two was the last time I watched it. I know. Okay. I think the last time I actually sat down and watched the Oscars was when DiCaprio won Best Actor for The Revenant. Yeah, because Mad Max won that year, and uh, um, Sylvester Stallone won for Creed that year. That was I probably legit, the last time I watched it. I too. legit choked up and got and cried a little for Leonardo DiCaprio because he's one of my favorite actors. So to finally see my boy win one, which he I'm, so deserved. I'm just going to Google and see what's won. I'm okay, just... here. I got it up already. So uh, right. for ones that would, I guess, would matter to us for best animated feature, Soul. I was going to say, Soul is such a great movie. What else, what else was nominated? Soul won. What else was nominated was Wolfwalkers, Onward, Sha- uh, Shaun the Sheep movie, and Over the Moon. So I could see Onward winning it. I would say Onward over Soul. I, I just really loved Soul, Onward. Soul Onward was, was really, okay. Really good. Soul was good. It, had, it, was, it was pretty heartfelt, though. I think Soul because was, it was okay. a little darker. Yeah. Onward uh, had me tearing up. For, like for uh, best sound editing i'm assuming this yeah. is um the sound of metal one which i completely agree with have you guys seen that yet yes i, no. I saw that movie so so you so you know that like they do perfectly well with capturing what it would hear what you would hear with don't have hearing yeah so that makes sense uh what else was nominated was like Wait, greyhound mank soul and cold cold the sound of metal is about a, a a metal musician he's a drummer he uh he starts to go deaf. Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't want to accept it at first, but he goes deaf, and he's fighting to get. Uh, oh, like Riz Ahmad's in it. Yeah, he he, he like tries it. to get those uh, cochlear uh, devices in, installed into his ears, thinking he's gonna have perfect sound again, so he can go back to to doing what he loves with his with his partner. And right. but he's dealing with all of that. And yeah. I've only started it, but. I was just talking to my to my barber about it because me and him go back and forth about movies, uh, and he said he just saw it. And he said he was like, he was like maybe an hour or like less than an hour into it, and he had to turn it off because he's a musician as well as I am. So this movie, this movie really hit close to home for for us because, like, other than me losing my hands from being a musician, losing my losing my hearing is something else that terrifies me because of how much i love music you know i I won't be able to hear you know my favorite my favorite music anymore and and that's not just rock or anything that's you know classical or just you know being able to hear anything in general like not being able to hear my family talk but you know the music for so much like it the idea of being a a musician and losing my hearing terrifies me and that's why I wear hearing aids all the time when I'm, you know, not hearing aids, uh, earplugs when I go to shows and stuff like that. I've been wearing them for years now at shows, you know, because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to lose my hearing. Like I'm, I hated the next days of just hearing that ringing in my ears and knowing. Oh, Even yeah, some bands still give you that ringing in your ears. Yeah, though. they still give you that, that ringing in my ears. But like, I wear, I wear uh, earplugs that cut off a lot of the sound, to where you can still hear everything comfortably and it, it's fine like i don't have that ringing in my ears the next day i'm gonna go see a uh, dinosaur jr in november and i know that their concerts are super loud like they turn their shit up as loud as they can yeah and um their guitar tone is like super loud and i know that and i'm wondering how the fuck can i double up my earplugs for that show 
I'll send I'll send you some links for some for some like quality earplugs, bro. Because I I use some some decent ones. Um. So best director. Um. The movies nominated were are the people nominated were Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Nomadland. Thomas, I want to see that. Um, one, so. Thomas Vinnenberg for Another Round. David Fincher for Mank. Emerald Finelli for Promising Young Woman. And Lee Isaac Chung for Minmari. And Chloe Zhao won. Yeah, Chloe Zhao won. Um, which that she's uh, she's directing in Humans, which comes out in November. So that'll be really cool to see cool. what she does there. Uh, best Supporting Actor. Um David Kalua or Kal yeah, Kalua, I think is how you say it. Not like the drink. Maybe um, we should come back to this so once we know how to pronounce everything. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's fine. He won. We'll fix he won it for post. uh he won for Judas and the Black Messiah, um, which was on HBO Max earlier this year. But oh yeah, should, that's, a, that's that a, one. Oh yeah, that's a movie that happened. Um I watched Paul, that one. Paul Racy for the Sound of Metal was also um nominated. Sasha Barrett Cohen for the trial of the Chicago Seven was also nominated. Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami was nominated. Uh, we can skip that international film. I don't. Best adapted screenplay. All right, so the no- movies nominated were The Father, One Night in Miami, White Tiger, Nomadland, and Borat Two. The winner was the father. Um, Borat didn't win. Come on. Best. <laughs> have you seen Borat too? No, I haven't, I haven't seen the. Uh, it's horrible. I need to. I watched both. I did not find either of them funny. I've I've heard they're hilarious. So, but I've heard that the new one on Netflix called uh, Bad Trip is hilarious. Is that another one from him? Anyway, uh, no, it's uh, Eric Andre. Oh, I love Eric Andre. Oh, yeah. And they film a lot in, like, Georgia. Like, have you ever heard of the Electric Cowboy, Cole? No, I have not. So it's a bar in Kennesaw. I don't think they're around anymore. But he went there and filmed. It, like, built, like, a platform for him to, like, dance on and then purposely fell off the platform. But it's interesting. Uh, this is what I heard from another podcast uh, that my friend does. Um, but it's interesting because he said, like, it really shows you, like, humanity isn't like super dead because like a lady who happened to be at the bar at the time was like i'm a nurse and went over and ran and like tried to help him (laughs) right away (laughs) that's amazing okay so best original screenplay you get promising young woman sound of metal minari judas and the black black messiah and the trial of the chicago seven promising young woman one and if you don't know what that is it's from my understanding a revenge film from a woman's perspective. Yeah, she was a lawyer, or she was in law school, I believe, and they kind of like uh, kicked her out. Essentially, mm-hmm. they, they forced her out, and she's like getting her revenge on all these dudes. It looked good. So, I happened to have a conversation about this movie the other day at the record store of all places, because uh, one of my fr- one of my friends works there. Um, he does his own podcast. And he was talking about it. Um, and uh, the podcast is named Radish, by the way, if you want to look it up. But he was talking about it. And he's like, I was expecting like a like a rape revenge type movie. Like I spit on your grave. And that's mm-hmm. not what I got at all. She essentially 
just goes to everybody and gives them a stern talking to. And I was like, that's not what you want, man. In a movie like that, you want her to like kill these dudes for fucking her, like for doing her wrong, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's not what you get in this movie. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I won't. Um, I'll still check it out. Uh, so the best picture nominees. Oh, this will and be good. None of these have been like one yet. So here we go. For best picture, the nominees are. For best picture, the nominees are. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess real quick. No Madland. Judas, Judas and the Black, Black Messiah. Messiah. And the some crap we don't care about. And One Night in Miami. There. Okay, so there's Sound of Metal. Uh huh. Got it. Mank. Mank. I don't know what that is. So, it you sent that article in our group chat the other day about season three of Mindhunter. Uh huh. The reason season three of Mindhunter hasn't happened yet is because David Fincher burnt himself out and he was like, right. I'm done with this show. Yeah. It's taking up too much time. But Netflix was like, but we still want you to work for us. We'll do anything for you to keep you on contract. So he oh, is that, was able to, movie? yeah, he was, a, it's basically a passion project for him. Like something that he okay. made in honor of his dad and stuff like that. Okay. okay. I, uh, again, I heard it's not that great, but uh, who knows? Well, none of the Trent, best picture nominees. I'm pretty ever sure Trent. I'm pretty sure Trent. Excuse me. And Adi- you haven't yeah, seen the Sound me. of Metal yet. Okay. Okay. So shut it. And I'm sure there's other ones from the past too. Uh, but Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do the uh, soundtrack for it as well. Okay. Okay. Or the score for it, and they use like jazz, like old, like timey jazz, as well as like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross music. Which also, you like if you jazz. didn't know. Also, if you didn't know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score for Soul. Yeah. I did not know that. All right. So anyway, best picture. We got Sound of Metal, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Nomadland. I'm going to say Nomadland's going to win that one. I'm going to say Promising Young Woman. You think so? I'm gonna say Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm not entirely sure how the Oscars are like, like how they vote for the winner or whatever. But I don't even know how they pick the nominees because they send screeners, and I know they like Kevin Smith is part of the if if they, it's part of the Academy, then yeah, they send. Okay, so yeah, the Academy Awards or the Oscars. Um. So yeah, they would uh send screeners to people like Kevin's you could sign up for it uh, a long long time ago I actually had screener tapes of VHS tapes of like two or three child's play movies it would literally stop every five seconds it was annoying as shit but it's that's on it that's cool I don't know what I, I did with it I might All look right, into that so best actor we have Anthony Hopkins for the father Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Stephen Yun for Minari, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Raimi's Black Bottom, and Gary Oldman for Mank. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's winning that. Chadwick Boseman. There's that. no way he's not winning that. As 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 much as I would want the guy from the Sound of Metal to win it, uh, I think I think Chadwick, since he did pass away, I've, and honestly, I've I've heard good things about that movie, the movie that that he's in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I hope he wins. So, 
not because he died, but and I, I hope what it does is it draws more people to watch that movie because I was kind of one that went under the radar. Before we went, before we went, before we went live, um, Netflix posted a clip from Get On Up, which is the James Brown uh, biopic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And Chadwick plays James Brown in it. Yeah, he plays James Brown in that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've seen it once, like a long time ago, but I don't really remember it. And then I watched the scene, and like he's holding a shotgun. It looks like he's in like maybe like an AA meeting or something like that. I don't know where he's at, but like he's confronting these people because someone took like a shit in his bathroom or something like that. And he didn't like that. (laughs) And like this lady confessed to doing it. And then like he gave her a good talk. He was like, You did right by you. (laughs) Then he's like, Well, I'm in some shit. I gotta go because you start hearing sirens going. And like (laughs) I watched it and you almost completely forget that it's Chadwick Boseman. And then as soon as that clip ended, I was like, fuck, I got to watch that movie. Like, I know I've seen it before, but I got to watch it again. Like, it looked amazing just from that one clip. And that's all because of Chadwick Boseman and how he did his work. He was such a and great it, actor. Such a great actor. And it, it, it's so amazing and also sad at the same time that, like, he was doing so many great roles and giving back to, like, children's hospitals and stuff like that while he was secretly fighting his his cancer yeah he, and he went to st jude's all the time to visit the kids and uh, as black panther not as chadwick as, yeah, black, as black panther, panther yeah it's just anyway best actress we got andrea day for the united states versus um billy something i don't know what is it billy um, holiday Okay, there. I think I think it's Billy Holiday. Yeah, Vanessa Kirby for uh, "Pieces of a Woman," Carrie Mulligan for "Promising Young Woman," Viola Davis for "Ma Rainey's," or sorry, "Ma Rainey's Black Bottom," and Frances McDormand for "Nomadland." It's interesting to me to see like Ma Rainey's and uh, and it's not necessarily like a covid thing because they've done some movies like this in the past but it's interesting to me to see like ma rainey's and uh, nomadland because those were ma rainey's is netflix only and nomadland was hulu exclusive so it's mm-hmm. interesting to see that they're finally embracing those types of movies i mean if we're doing hulu exclusive i would expect palm springs to be on there <laughs> well that was last year i don't know what the cutoff oh yeah that's is. yeah that's yeah yeah it was like that came out in like july so maybe that's probably it. Might be no, no man. Like came out came out late in the year. They probably just get enough recognition. But like you know, well, no man lands kind of like a almost like a documentary, but it's not technically. Well, Palm Springs one of my favorite movies last year. It was like top three, top five. Best best visual effects. We got Tenet, The Midnight Sky, The One and Only Ivan, Love and Monsters, and Mulan. Tenet's gonna win that. Yeah, Mulan is <laughs> fucking killer, dude. Um, okay, for me and Joe here, um, best original score, Defy Bloods, Mank by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, um, Minari, Soul by Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John something or another, and News of the World. So I'm going to go with, for me, I'm going to say it's going to be Mank. 
over Soul. Soul. But it's gonna be either one of those two, obviously. I'm gonna say Soul. I'm gonna say Soul. It was fun. It's jazzy. The music <laughs> was probably the best part of that movie, to be honest. Uh best cinematography. Oh. We got Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of Chicago Seven, Nomad Land, and <coughs> News of the World. Best film editing, we have Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, The Father, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Nomadland. Again, that's going to be like Sound of Metal, just from sound standpoint. Not like I haven't seen all any of these movies. Well, I've, I've seen some of these movies, but like, like some of these movies, I was like, like, where did that come from? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I knew Minari was a thing because I want to watch Minari. It's with the Stephen Yen. Yeah. Uh, and like, he so, moves into like a small town or something. Yeah. His, his family moves. It's a small Korean family. They move into the Ozarks. And uh, they're just trying to leave the American dream. Like, it seems like a nice you know, little love story of a movie. You know what I mean? But I want to see that still. And I want to see Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I want to see Promising Young Woman. I still want to see Nomadland. And it just sucks, you know, like, I, like, I think these would be movies I, I would want to watch in theater. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I didn't go looking for them online or anything like that. Or I didn't know they were coming out. So I need, I need to find these movies and watch these movies because, oh, well, it's, it's just been such a weird year because of COVID and everything, you know, trying to see all these movies or even, you know, a way to see them all. Because if they're on a, st- a streaming service, you either don't have it, you don't want to pay for it. So you're like, eh, I'll, I'll figure out another way to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Judas and the Black Messiah was probably the first movie on HBO Max that I was like, I need to watch it. I need to watch it. I need to watch it and just forgot. And yeah, never got to it. Uh, what were we saying about the best picture winners, though? Like, what did Cole say about that? There was only like one good one. Yeah. All right, Cole. So here's this. This is the uh, winners of the best pictures ever in all of the Oscars. All right. Okay. So you got I, starting I with last whole, year. That's like that's not go down the whole list. No, we're not going to go down the whole list. I'm going to go to like the last like 10 years or so. Okay, Just okay. do the last five years. Let's... So no, starting let's... with last year, do 2020. Last do last 10. Yeah. So starting with last year with 2020, we got Parasite. Then we got Green Book, Shape of Water, Moonlight, Shape of Water. Spotlight, which Moon uh, Spotlight was really good. Birdman, which I don't like. I oh, really, I I keep meaning to watch that. I keep forgetting it even exists. Fuck that movie, that movie it's, sucks. It's not the cartoon, Cole. So don't get your hopes up. I know it's. Shut up. <laughs> if you want to enjoy that movie, you got to do like a shitload of acid before. Like, <laughs> I can't. Um, I have a heart condition. <laughs> <laughs> so we got 2014. We got 12 Years a Slave. 2013. Okay. We got Argo. Argo, fuck yourself. I love that movie. Argo is one of my favorite movies. We got The Artist in 2012, The King's Speech in 2011, and in 2010, we had The Hurt Locker. And you want to know how many of those I've seen? Four. Not a single one of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, I, this list only goes down to 2001, so let's keep going. We got Slumdog Millionaire, I know No Country Shrek for Old Men. Of, didn't no Shrek Country for Old Men is so good. Um, the Departed. Crash, Parted. Million okay. Dollar Baby, okay. for Joe in 2004, Ya Boy, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, was the best picture winner, um, Chicago in 2003, A Beautiful Mind in 2002, and in 2001, we had Gladiator. Cole, 
Are you not entertained? But we also had movies like Schindler's List and Braveheart and uh, Forrest Gump, Titanic, American Beauty, Shakespeare in Love. Like those types of movies all won Best Pictures. Got Cole. Cole, get out of Disney and go watch a real movie, man. I will say this, though. I've seen part <laughs> of Titanic. Silence of the Lambs won in 1992, bro. That was one of the first horror movies to ever do that. And I'm pretty sure it's the only horror movie to ever do that. Probably. Anyway, we, we can keep going on and on. Let's, let's start to wrap this up. We'll talk more shit about off, off camera. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's the episode of this week. So yeah, uh, the four moviecation. I'm Brady. I'm Cole. I'm Joe. Sorry we didn't know about the Oscars because really they're they're kind of a joke anyway. I, mean, I don't really watch award shows. It's just yeah, people, it's people patting themselves on the back for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's pointless, and they never pick the mo- the movies you'd want them to pick anyway. Bring back Ricky Gervais as the host. Bring back Seth MacFarlane. And that is the show. Fatality. Flawless victory.